Podcast Season 2, brought to you by Farbar. We are again recording after a Saturday that featured ugly, ugly losses for both the Spartans and Wolverines, as Michigan State was blanked at home to Indiana 24-0, and Michigan kind of never really got it going on Saturday Night Football, stumbling to a 49-11 defeat to the Badgers. I will speak on my Spartans in a moment, but Mike, Chris, my Wolverine co-hosts, uh, what's what's the maize and blue consensus following the defeat to the Badgers? Boo, Michigan. Boo, 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 Michigan. Harsh. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard to watch. I mean, that's the thing about this game is you realize at some point in the second half we weren't going to turn things around. Even if we were to turn things around, we had, it was too big of a hold to, to come out of. And then we never... I mean, it's 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 the first time in a long time where I'm watching the game and I don't want to be watching the game. It's <laughs> yeah. not how you ever want to feel as a fan. No, it's it's terrible when you like when the clock hits zero and you're just like, ah, oh, finally, it's over. Right. Yeah. Now this my is... obligation's done. I can go on with my life. And try to. <laughs> yeah. And you don't even have the option of pretending it doesn't exist because you have to talk about it. <laughs> right. That's that's the negative side effect of doing a podcast. Is that. We always have to relive those terrible, those parts every week. I want to say something. I'll try to make it short, but there's like a little bit of a story I want to tell Joe since this is the first time you're throwing it to me. But during the week, I was wondering, do I root for Michigan to be blown out tonight to encourage change? Because immediately after a Michigan State game, I decided I'm ready to move on. Just because I had a feeling Michigan State was really bad and they beat Michigan. So that means my team is that much worse. And that's held pretty right. true to this point. Yeah. So It's a horrible realization. Before yeah. the game, John U. Bacon tweets out, it doesn't matter what I want, it doesn't matter what fans want, Michigan's athletic department's not making a change. So with my mindset, I'm going into the game before kickoff with that kind of inside information. And then the game proceeds to happen, and they're down 14 nothing right away. Um, one of the first, I think the first offensive play of the game for Michigan is an interception from Milton. And then, halfway through the game, he tweets, this Michigan team isn't awful, it aspires to be awful, which is true. But thanks for throwing that out there, Bacon. <laughs> like, that unless something enormous happens, it sounds like the athletic department has no aspiration to make change. That's, that's harsh, because... I heard Don Brown interviewing on the radio last week, and he was, like, talking about he, – he was blindsided by the criticism. And I was like, dude, really? Like, <laughs> like no – I mean, your defense just isn't good. Like, unless your defense is top 40 in the country, every defensive coordinator is going to face criticism. So to say, like, he was blindsided by it, I was like, is this, is this your first time? Dude? He, he had teams <laughs> like, that were – 
top five or top ten in defense, but they didn't show up for big games, and he got criticized. Yeah. Um, real quick, um, I think the game has passed him by. I was kind of ready to make change from him. I wasn't. I won't say I was as concrete as I was after Michigan State game. I was kind of ready after Ohio State game last year. Uh, the year before, I kind of gave him a pass. Yeah. It, when he came here, their defenses were really good. They had offenses that would struggle at times, and he kept them in the game against Ohio State those first two years. You had Wilton Spate throwing interceptions out of his own end zone yep. in 2016. You were running out. Um, John O'Corn. John O'Corn in 2017. When I expected them to be blown out, and they had the still lead. could have won that game yeah. if it weren't for a corn. But not it's not just oh, 2018 and 19 against Ohio State. It's other big games. It's that Penn State game in 2017 really seemed to start a trend. Yeah. And um, you're losing Chris Partridge to Old Miss, and everyone assumes he's going to be the defensive coordinator. But they also bring DJ Durkin, and he's coaching safeties there like he was here. It sounds like he's co-defensive coordinator. But why not just upgrade him? You know, you're losing Greg Madison to Ohio State. If Don Brown's going to, you know, throw up donuts, then why not have Greg Madison be D.C. here? They could have avoided this. Right. I think Madison's not leaving now, and then I think that it's too late and we're going backwards if we go back to Durkin, even though I loved him when he was here. Madison and Durkin – or Madison and – no, I don't want Durkin here because he – yeah. yeah. Uh, but Partridge and Madison wouldn't be my first choices. Partridge might be a little young and Madison might be a little old, but if you're just going to stay with the same guy, you might as well just pr- promote from within. I'm ready for change too, as much as I hate to say it. Yeah. But – Okay, watching the last few weeks, our offense has been bad, but the defense has lost us a game every single week. Even if we had done perfectly offensively, even if we had the game we had against Minnesota, we still would have lost these games Yeah. because the other team has the ball the whole time, and every time they get the ball, they come and score. And we're, we're, it's a liability. Our defense is a liability. Yeah. Like, even, even if the offense had a perfect game plan against Wisconsin and executed it, it was very unlikely they were going to score over 49 points. Right. When you have that many holes in the ship, like, it doesn't matter. Like, the defensive back still had a bad game, but not as bad as the couple weeks before. But you now have Quiddy Pay and Hutchinson out. Right. Hutchinson yeah. out for the season. Right. So you can't have the defensive line make up for it. Um, Wisconsin was running all over the place. They scored more points than Michigan had rushing yards. Second straight week. Wow. Uh, Indiana scored more points than Michigan had Rucker, uh, rushing yards. That's a Rutgers. That's, or I'm sorry, that's a Rucker. A when Rutgers. the other team has more points than you have yards in the category. That's pulling a And Rutgers. it's getting Rucker. Like yeah, that's Rucker because there's yeah. only one. Well, now there's two. Actually, no, Michigan's the Rucker now. <laughs> Rutgers. Too. And I said that last week. I brought up the Captain Phillips thing, and I think Rutgers is going to beat Michigan this week, and mm. it's going to. Oh be. my gosh! And uh, I know we haven't even talked about state, so I'll, oh, it's okay. Uh, um, I, I just had one question. Like, it seems like each week more and more fans and former players are on the anti Harbaugh train, and it, it, from the sound of it, both of you are. Is there something that could happen for Harbaugh to win you back? Yeah, he could. He could beat Ohio State. That would win me back. That would win everybody back. Yeah. But in reality, this is the worst season now. You have to go all the way back to Rich Rod to find a season this bad. And that's so, Rich Rod's first year. So Rich Rod's first year, three wins. Second year, five, thirty or seven. If you don't count, if you want to go back even further, then you're talking pre-Bow. 
I don't even know how long you have to Pre-bumped. go back to get to a season. Uh, someone did Pre-bump that. Pre-bump Elliott. Um, so, there's a couple things. One, uh, I think uh, the last time they had a winning percentage as bad, uh, this bad was like what they're projected to have would be early 50s, and they've never been down 28 nothing in the history of the big house at halftime, yeah. and that's since 1927. So we're hitting an all-time low. The 2014 yeah. team would beat this team, and I'm not so sure the 2008 won it. The 2014 team had a decent defense at the very least. They, and, they, had, and had Jake Butt and Devin Funches. Yeah, and they yeah, um, had Jabril, Jabril Peppers uh, the first uh, uh, couple weeks before he got injured. They yeah. destroyed uh, Central Michigan. I think for a long time, I continue to defend Harbaugh to myself and to everyone else because of things like the Michigan State block punt and because of yeah. things like the bad spot on fourth down. But now we have all those losses still, and we never got over that hump, and now we're a bad football team on both sides of the ball. Yeah. That's where we're at right now. That's the reality of the thing. I also want to say something. Um, you talk about the talent on that 14 team. This team has talent. That's, yeah. that's why I'm so critical of the staff. Their major issues is coaching. And part of that, too, is the talent is uneven. They have recruiting classes where they bring in five receivers, but yet they don't have anyone to play defensive tackle. There's no, like, strategy. It seems, yeah, a bit uneven, like you said. And the reason the corners weren't quite as bad this week is because it was their second week doing zone. Why weren't they practicing zone at least a little bit in the offseason? Even if that's not going to be your bread and butter, you might have to adapt during the game. Right. Yeah, and for Michigan State, it's it's just another win that again, or another game <laughs> that was won for the other team by halftime. You just don't want to see that. I had a very similar feeling to Chris in the second half. I was just like, just like all right, let's just hurry up and get this over with. Like, and Indiana seemed like they had the same idea too. <laughs> exactly. Um, I just I don't see Michigan State winning another game this year unless Penn State continues on the the downslide that they're they're on right now but even they almost pulled it out at nebraska on saturday right um you just for me to consider this season a success which you know that's that's a very fluid term i think michigan state needs to establish some sort of running game uh because let me pull up the stats from the four so this is half the season now this is four out of eight games week one versus Rutgers, 39 carries 50 yards no touchdowns week two at michigan 38 carries 126 yards no touchdowns uh, week three, Iowa, 32 carries, 59 yards, a touchdown. And week four at Indiana, 24 carries, 60 yards. This is a team that is not going to reach 1,000 yards, like, as a team through eight games. And that's against Michigan. Yeah, they're one. Everyone they're, runs they're, against they're Michigan. They're one, like, acceptable performance rushing the and ball really, at Michigan. And it's still not really that great when you right, know what Michigan Right, 126 yards. Yeah. yeah, you should be... The only reason you should only rush for that much against Michigan is because he threw for 300. Yeah. So what I want to see, like, I don't want to see Lombardi again. I know what he is at this point. He's not worthy of the first name that he currently has, and I'm not going to mention it. I'm not going to mention I saw him try to throw. No theme song? No, no theme song? <laughs> not this time, Lombardi. I'm sorry. Dude. I saw him try to throw so hard he fell on the ground. Exactly. Peyton Thorne came in uh, similar to how Cade McNamara came in for Michigan. I think did did some really nice things, showed some rawness. He's very raw as a redshirt freshman. Um, but I don't need to see Lombardi again this year. I need to see Thorne or Day or even true freshman Noah Kim because Lombardi, he'll always have that Michigan game. He'll always have that Purdue game. That was fun a couple years ago. 
but we know what he is. More importantly, Big Ten defenses know what he is, and they know how to stop him. Uh, so I need to see more quarterback. I want to see Mel Tucker uh, preferably empty the toy box. Just see, see what's in there. You might find something and uh, establish some sort of run game. I want them to average 100 yards over the next four games on the ground. I don't think that's asking too much, uh, but I will be just so happy if, if they can just get to 400 yards rushing total over the next four games. And I kind of feel like Rocky Lombardi is like O'Connor, where he has that big win. And, yeah. I, and it's not as big because that Ohio State team was, oh, that was huge. Yeah, that was a top five team. But that, that defense was But so it's good. a rivalry game. Yeah. So, and, but then you knew what O'Connor were, was, and, you want, yeah. and the fans wanted no, the I, younger guys. I, I would equate Rock, uh, Lombardi's win at Michigan to Tyler O'Connor's win at Notre Dame the following year, oh, um, which looked like a big win at the time until we saw what both teams were. <laughs> the similarities are striking. And still rivalry, too. You yeah. know, even if Notre Dame's bad, you want to beat them. Yeah. Uh, I'll get more into Michigan State. Uh, we can just kind of keep going back and forth, going and bounce back into the- Well, we can talk Michigan State for a little bit longer. Um, obviously, you don't say fire a coach first year no matter no. what. But one in seven, I think, even with this roster. It would, it would be a disappointment. disappointment. Yes. We were talking like. And they, they might not play this week. Maryland has canceled practices. Uh, word is still out on if they will play on Saturday. And early on, we were saying, like, even if they're bad, they'll probably beat Rutgers and Maryland. And yeah. They lost the Rutgers. They're not doing that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And Maryland, I mean, they, they have a really good quarterback, if nothing else. They definitely have a pulse. Yeah. Look, there will not be another season where there's so little pressure on the coaches. I think Michigan State fans have been fair to the coaching staff so far. We've been fair with our expectations. Uh, mostly we've been pretty fair with our reactions. I think if no matter in what team loses a game, there's always going to be one fan that says, we should fire this guy. <laughs> like, even Patriots fans will say that about Belichick. Um, none of us expected to be setting the world on fire in 2020. I think all Michigan State fans knew there would be games like that against Indiana. Uh, maybe not the one against Iowa, but you just got to move on. It's it's on the coaching staff to stabilize this thing. And it's on you to put the team in a position just to not get embarrassed week in and week out. And it's on them to get the players and university and the fan base in a better mood for 2021 because you've got a loose leash right now. Uh, you've essentially been given a free pass for this season. You got the W at Michigan, who's terrible. Congratulations for that. Like, it was really fun when it happened, but that's that's dead. That's in the past. You you cannot let this thing go off the rails. You cannot have another game this year that's over before halftime, aside from maybe Ohio State. That's all I'll say. Uh, the last two weeks, Michigan State had accepted defeat before the second quarter was over, and that simply will not do. They play Nebraska as well, don't they? No. Oh, they, no. they might in week nine. Depending were were on they the originally ball. supposed to play Nebraska during one of those schedules? During the 10-game the schedule yeah, that yeah. was released. That so day. who else they play? They play Maryland, they play Ohio Mar- State. They got Maryland, Northwestern, Penn State, Ohio State. What, so, what would you like to see? I mean, I would be happy going 2-2, two and two, if, if that's what you mean. Um, what would I like to see? Um, I just need to see the defense still be solid. I think they were put in crap situations time and time again against Indiana, and they, they pretty much held their own. Um, you got know, a little unlucky against Iowa. Yeah. They didn't look good at all. But, in any phase of the game. But Iowa doesn't usually score 49 points. Yeah. And there was a little couple breaks that didn't go Michigan State's way. Yeah, so I, I credit the defense Saturday against the Hoosiers. Um, I thought Jacob Ponishuk played really well early on. Antoine Simmons played real well. 
Shakur Brown, he had two picks, but he also got beat quite a few times. I think he's more of a ball hawk corner than a cover corner. You just kind of take what you can get with him. Um, again, just the, the run game can't be Bigfoot. It needs to exist, and we need to see it, and not just every now and then when someone stumbles into a, a decent run and it's captured by blurry footage. Like, it needs to be something, you know? Um, the only thing that might be worse than scoring zero points like Michigan State did on Saturday is kicking a field goal down 28 nothing, <laughs> And this isn't as bad as the one Mich- uh, James Franklin kicked against Michigan where it was yeah. like fourth and two. At least it was fourth and ten. Yeah. And at least Michigan wasn't in the red zone. But still, if you're down 28 nothing, why not just go for it? Right. Does 28-3 really look that much better? Like, what do you think, Chris? I mean, I guess... <laughs> just... <laughs> If you're even if just being in that spot in general, you know that uh, things are bad. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I think we're going to beat Rutgers next week, but I don't know that we'll win any other games beyond that. And I don't know what to say. I mean, I wish that we had Nico Collins, Cameron <coughs> Thomas, and Dylan McCaffrey on the team. If we had those three guys, I think we would have beat Ohio State. Amber Thomas was tweeting on that on Saturday. What did he say? He had, like, some little uh, emoji smiley. He's laughing? He's laughing at us? Mm-hmm. He's laughing at us. Damn. J.J. McCarthy is doing the opposite. I heard uh, some people, some recruiting people say, like, it doesn't matter if they make a coaching change. He'll probably yeah, still come. Yeah, which is. That's solid. And then he started tweeting out, like, hey, hey Michigan fans, it's okay. He's still drinking like, the Kool-Aid. I love that guy. I don't know if it's necessarily pro Harbaugh. It's more like. Aaron Rodgers, like, relax. And I think if they hire a coach that reaches out to him, if they make the change, he might still come. Like, so they have a good – but that's just two speaking, things. Speaking on quarterbacks, do you guys feel any differently if McNamara starts the rest of the season and is, like, entertaining to watch at least or impressive? I'd like to fashion? see both unless one guy really yeah. – like, because this was Milton's worst game. Like, I, I've been on here saying, like, hey, there's flashes and stuff. I'm not ready to ray them off after one game. I actually kind of expected this earlier on because the word on him was he has an arm, but he has some accuracy issues, and he just did not see that linebacker. Yeah, he threw it right to him. And I kind of expected that earlier on. I'm not ready to write him off, though. Um, I am – earlier, I was uh, – this season, I was saying, like, if Milton is here and McCaffrey's not – that means he probably did something for the coaching staff. But I've kind of lost confidence in this coaching staff. And when yeah. you see Ambry Thomas out there, like, saying that, and when you have so many transfers, and I know you see more of them in college football today, but they have a lot. When you see them constantly having to replace coaches, why isn't Bob Shoup with the program? He was supposed to be their new safeties coach. He's right. not here. Right. Why was Dan Enos hired for a couple weeks, and then he's gone? Why are people like Partridge going to Ole Miss over Michigan? Why are um, I actually have a list of guys that are just leaving? Why is Greg Madison going to Ohio State? That's our rival. Yeah, right. You know, and Madison's a Michigan guy. He was on staff with Lloyd and and Hoke. And there's things you can say like, okay, Partridge is getting that co DC thing, so maybe yeah. it is upgrade. Madison kind of did this with Notre Dame too. He went from Notre Dame. That's what I mean. He to has Michigan. No yeah, to but Michigan. one that. And you can explain, and some of these things make sense. DJ Durkin leaves to become head coach. This guy's transferring. These guys are going pro early to get the money. But when it's like 
fire every season they have all these fires to put out at some point Harbaugh has to take blame it's when you have guys not staying around it hurts yeah. their chances for against Ohio State when you constantly have coaches leaving that also those coaches recruit those players so maybe that's why the players are transferring you need some continuity yeah Chris any thoughts on like who you would want to see a quarterback or if that could change your mood for the season like oh yeah that was a question i'm sorry i don't like what i've seen from milton the last two weeks it seems like there's too much inconsistency there it reminds me of devin gardner um it reminds me of you know it's like the majority of the time in those clutch plays like he'll miss a guy that was open or he won't have he won't put it where it needs to go and so yeah. i I don't mean to say after a game or two of playing bad that it's bad, but I'd rather see J.J. McCarthy. I'd rather see Cade McNamara, and I'd rather see McCaffrey. But he's gone, so no, but I I don't have a lot of confidence in Milton being able to be what we thought he could be. And those were the dots I was trying to connect. Maybe yeah, the reason no. McCaffrey's not here isn't because Milton won the job. I followed. I followed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and I've also kind of stuck up for Gaddis. A week ago, uh, someone was – on, on Twitter was like, like I kind of want to move on from Harbaugh, but they were saying that they also kind of don't like the idea of so many coaching changes at Michigan. And I suggested, like, people are saying if they can't get Campbell or Fickle, why don't they hire a hot coordinator? And my suggestion was, let's see Gaddis. And because I kind of have the feeling that Harbaugh is sticking his fingers in the offense, and I still kind of do. But the offense was so abysmal on Saturday that I'm kind of off that. Um, I kind of liked out the last seven or eight games last year. But what you saw on Saturday was a worse version of that. Yeah. Just absolute blowout that Wisconsin gave us last year, which was embarrassing. Yeah, I, I think nobody really expects to be beaten that way by Wisconsin uh, for the second year in a row. You almost understand it when it happens from Ohio State. Ohio State has updated their their style of play. They're going to be dumping 50 on most teams. Um, but and, for Wisconsin to do it, it's like, I was going to ask you if you thought it was, it was a back and, it was a, talent. It was a you ba- said it wasn't talent. No, no. It was a back and forth thing through Harbaugh's first few years with yeah. Wisconsin. And yeah, Michigan destroyed them in 2018. So you're like, okay, they got us in 2019. But you need to, this game was in Ann Arbor too. Yeah. And even without a crowd, you shouldn't be getting beat even worse than you did at uh, Randall Stadium. And for my team, I think it's obvious, uh, as I mentioned, Lombardi is just not the guy. I, he will always have that big house victory when he looked like a gunslinger, but he's not a gunslinger. He's not Connor Cook. At best, he's a game manager, and most game managers don't turn the ball over 12 times in four games. Really three games because there were no turnovers in the Week 2 game at Michigan. So, sorry, Sunshine, but at this point, you've been in the program for four years. Sunshine. We know what you are. Like, Peyton Thorne came out and was clearly raw, but he was mobile, energetic, and he showed potential. And I think it's time MSU gives him the reins or does what we all thought they would do this whole time and just play multiple quarterbacks uh, in each game unless one is clearly in a rhythm. Did you still have a bunch of players that haven't played for mysterious reasons? Uh, we, we've been seeing a, a little bit more. Um, Did Dobbs play? No, I, I don't think Dobbs is dressed. I'm kind of suspicious it might be a COVID thing. Um, but Mike, I'm just kind of perusing your Twitter. 
Uh, it looks like you have a little bit of a, of a specific <laughs> head coach candidate in mind. If in fact Michigan and Arbaugh do part ways, I you want to touch on. I'm open-minded. I just kind of I, I looked at more into Matt Campbell uh, last week after the second straight. Like, Iowa, Iowa State head yeah. coach. Yeah, and I kind of thought. He's an overachiever, but I kind of thought he was almost a media creation. Because I know he beat Oklahoma a couple times, but when yeah. you look and you see 7-6 and six or 8-5, and five, even at Iowa State, he doesn't necessarily, like, wow you. And I wouldn't say he's my first. I'm definitely open-minded, and I'm still not sure if I like him more than Pickle, but I can get into that. But, yeah, people are calling it the soup train. I like to call it being at the soup kitchen. <laughs> but I didn't realize how bad of a football school Iowa State is. They're, like, they might be worse than Kansas. Oof. Yeah, that's, that's a big how, oof. <laughs> because their best seasons are 8-5, and five, whereas Kansas has gone 11-1, and 12-1, and 11-2. A couple different times in the 90s and um, 2007. that fat, like, child... Um, I was going to say something else. <laughs> the, um, the, the guy that shouldn't be allowed near playgrounds or schools. Charlie Weiss? No, no, no. The other fat guy. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who was such a Richard that uh, even though he won, a school chased him off. But anyway. I can't say I know who you're talking about, uh, to be honest. Look up the 2008 uh, Kansas football coach. But anyways, <laughs> how did we get off the rails again? <laughs> But they're awful. He might be their best coach of all time. Matt Campbell going eight and five and Mark seven. Mark Mangino. Yes. Okay. Did yeah, you, I know do you, doesn't he have a stupid face? Yeah. <laughs> Chris is looking. Everybody's gonna have to look him up. Um, <laughs> but um, he he might already be their best coach. Like it's between him and Pop Warner. Yes, that Pop Warner who coached there from 1895 to 1901, <laughs> and uh um uh. What was his name? The guy, Earl Bruce, coached there oh, for okay. six years in the 70s, and he went four games over 500 in six seasons. Wow. Like, almost all their coaches have a below 500 uh, record. So when I saw that and I saw his recruiting classes and how he overachieves, and he's still the best recruiter there in going back before they, like, had all the magazines. Yeah. He beats Nebraska – Iowa was good. And Wisconsin for players. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he beats Oklahoma, which yeah. is the Big 12. That's Ohio the Ohio State. State. Yeah, the Big 12. Yeah. I'd be good with Campbell. I'd be good with Fickle. We, I'd we be talked happy with either yeah. of those two guys. Yeah. We talked about both of them. I can't believe I'm saying year. that. We talked what? about both those players or those coaches a lot last year when we when I was wanting D'Antonio fired. Yeah. yeah. And um, um, turns out we should have done the same thing. Well, I. Got a new head coach. He's not going to be. A guy that grabs all the headlines when you hire him. Um, but it, if Harbaugh didn't come in 2014, it looks like all signs go to Jim Hackett hiring Dan Mullen, who at the time was at Mississippi State. Nice. And right now, Florida is in a lot better state. Uh, their program's in a lot better state, yeah. not, not physical state, uh, than Michigan is. And sometimes it's better to get the A minus B plus coach than it does to get the A plus guy. Yeah, I, I would still say Michigan's a better state than Florida, even, yeah. <laughs> even though Florida has the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, we're going to wrap on this segment, just take a quick break, but we're going to just keep it rolling on the next one. This episode of the Paul Bunyan Podcast is brought to you by Farbar. 
make sure to visit far-ebar.com. There will be new products dropping on October 1st, so make sure you're checking out his website, far-ebar.com. That's fashion, that's clothing, designs, all original stuff. If you want to support small businesses, doesn't get any smaller than uh, just one person doing everything himself. Make sure to, again, visit far-ebar.com. Obviously, both our teams are one and three at the moment. Uh, it's hard to envision us being happy at the end of the season. I would like Michigan State to win another game this season, hopefully even many more. But I, I would probably be happy just, like I said, seeing the toy box emptied until someone establishes a rhythm and proves there'll be someone to look out for next year and beyond. And I'm not even talking about just quarterback, uh, you know, uh, offensive lineman, uh, defensive end opposite Jacob Ponishuk. If, if Ponishuk's going to return next year, uh, consistent linebacker play, because they're running the 4-2-5. I would like to see them have, like, a safety linebacker combo, kind of like Khalid Hudson was for Michigan. Or Viper. there it is now. Yeah, the Viper position. Um, I think Darius Snow, who's a true freshman right now, could possibly fill that role. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not on the coaching staff. Um, <laughs> like I said, get 400 yards over the next four games, and I'll, I'll be at least a little bit happy. Uh, there needs to be some kind of threat to run the ball out of the backfield because it's not just it's not a threat. It's non-existent. It is absolutely dead. Um, but I, I liked what I saw from Peyton Thorne. I still think Michigan State has some really solid receivers. It's just been tough to get them the ball the last few weeks and uh, hard to establish any kind of rhythm, too. Who do you think they can upset? Because I think they're going to be the underdog in all their games, even if Vegas doesn't show up. If they play Maryland on Saturday, I think they could beat Maryland. I think their defense is better than what they've shown, Michigan State's defense. Um, Maryland, they've... Part of me thinks maybe Maryland faked uh, COVID to avoid playing Ohio State because they got some <laughs> they got some good vibes going right now, and they know if Ohio State comes to town, it's going to put out the good vibes. <laughs> That's well, just a little theory of mine. Well, Minnesota was closer the last couple weeks, and then they got destroyed on Friday night. By so, Iowa. And we know Penn State's um, a pretty much dead team. Depending on what Penn State does from here on out and how Michigan State uh, improves or defroves <laughs> from here on out. Uh, I was last, just, last game I, of the season. Or the I was just saying, game. like, Maryland's wins over Penn State and Minnesota aren't necessarily yeah. great wins. When I, Nebraska's beating Penn State. I, I could see them beating Maryland or Penn State. Uh, I don't think they beat Northwestern. Obviously, I don't think Ohio State's a win. I don't think that's a competitive game. And then it, it depends who you draw week nine. If, if we get to week nine. <laughs> <laughs> Probably Minnesota. Maybe. <laughs> if Michigan doesn't rematch them. <laughs> yeah. What do you want to see from Michigan, Chris? Well, I'd like to see a, not just a win, but a an emphatic win yeah. on Saturday. And I want to see Milton make some good passes and have a good completion percentage. And then defensively, I want to see a swarm. You know, I want to, I want to see cornerbacks on their guys. And um, see if we can get some pressure on the quarterback. You know, those would be the things that I would want, that I would want to see. Yeah. What my expectations are is, like, it's disturbing to even think about. I feel that. <laughs> I feel like I just want to be nervous or excited going into a fourth quarter. Like, last three minutes of the game, I want to be biting my nails. I don't want to be defeated by halftime. <laughs> like, 
on one hand, that's like an easy way to save me some stress. But on the other hand, it's like, I, I still have to watch. Like, I can't not watch when we're on TV. Like, it's just not physically possible for me. Like, make me make it worth it so I'm not just, you know, zombieing this thing. Like, I want to be excited. I want to be emotional about the game. I want to get mad. I'm not, I haven't been mad yet this year. Like, I, and that upsets me. That makes you <laughs> mad. <laughs> I want all the players, you know, I want Quiddy Pay, Hutchinson, um, Green, Ahmad Green. I, I want them to get healthy so they can play next year. Absolutely. Um, I'm torn on whether I want to see Michigan win and give the um, the university an excuse to bring Harbaugh back, or if I just want them to keep losing, give them more rope to I, just pull I, the plug. I, I thought nobody would get fired during this, this COVID year, but then South Carolina, just on Sunday, pulls the plug on Will Muschamp. Well, I thought... I thought DJ Durkin might have went from Old Miss to South Carolina. No, isn't DJ Durkin still at Ole Miss? Yeah, and Will Muschamp is talking about him. He's defending a guy who had a player oh, killed. Yeah. Okay, yep, yep. So, like, of course he got fired. Because they worked together on Florida staff a few years back. If Nick Saban said that, he would get scrutiny. He wouldn't get fired. But yeah. why are you defending a guy who's not on your staff? But I'm not, I'm not sure the casual college football fan even knows who Will Muschamp is. No, he, so I, I think that's he had one good year at Florida, Florida, and he was fired before. He was two coaches ago because they also had Jim, uh, Jim McElwain, right. uh, the guy who snuggles sharks naked. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, he's at South Carolina. He beat Michigan in 2017, but he's been up and down, more down there, and he's answering questions about DJ Durkin and defending him when he's not even on his staff. Yeah. I just I was surprised to see somebody fired, but when you take into account, like you said, the lows and then that comment, uh, he's been it's pretty hard to defend. He he if he lost against Michigan, there were murmurs that he was going to be fired. Yeah. He's been like yeah, he's just been like he's been teetering for a couple years now. So why give them ammunition? Unless he wanted to get fired, he's still getting paid. Yeah, and I think Michigan State would be better off playing on Saturday and getting their tails whooped again. Like, as weird as that sounds, That's any, a, that, anytime you get with the team, like, even if it's getting slaughtered, like, you're better off for it than not. Michigan State is better off having been slaughtered by Iowa and Indiana than if they didn't play those games because of COVID. Because uh, we're I, testing out what doesn't work. I said and hopefully, hopefully they can take that film and be like, well, that doesn't work. Let's try something else. I said that last week about Wisconsin. I, I want Michigan to play them uh, just to get the reps, even if you're going to get beat up, you know, take exactly. your lumps this year and be better next year. And uh, by the way, we haven't brought up, Wisconsin hadn't played since week one. Yeah. And they were beat up, Chris, by that team. Michigan was beat up by them. <laughs> Which team looked like they hadn't played in weeks? Oh, my gosh. Theoretically, they hadn't, they didn't start um, practicing until about a week before the game, too. <laughs> Do you well, have a who reason? knows if that's, if that's true? I yeah, mean, yeah. it's just it feels horrible. Yeah, it was. We got beat up in all facets, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't want them to have the ball because you knew that they would drive down and score a touchdown. You didn't want us to have the ball because you knew that we would fail at scoring, and that's how the game went. And um, two things about this offseason. you mentioned it's COVID, so. A lot of programs might not even fire people. Yeah. Uh, that affects Michigan one way, and that affects both schools another way. One way is Michigan could be the only, one of the few schools looking for a coach this year, which could be to their advantage if they want to handpick Grab someone. Pick of the litter. Yeah. And yeah. two, both of our schools 
both of our teams are having really bad years. I think there's going to be more transfers than usual, just with this eligible this year not counting towards eligibility, and just the way that's going to affect rosters. Uh, some players are going to move on. So, I mean, if our staffs take advantage of it, both Michigan and Michigan State could have a lot of new faces and new help Yeah, I'm, going into next year. I'm betting on a lot of players transferring from Michigan State. We already saw it on Monday. Uh, Marcel Lewis is in the, the transfer portal. Um, but, like you said, there's also going to be players transferring from other schools. You've got to get a quarterback if, if you don't see it on the roster. Because uh, if, if you bring in a freshman, a freshman's not going to be ready next year. Who knows what this offseason is going to look like got to find somebody, like for Michigan State at least. But. You wanted to see McCaffrey, Chris? Yeah. The new, the new coach could get McCaffrey come back to the school because as good as J.J. McCarthy is, like Joe just said, Michigan State brings in a freshman. He's not going to be good enough the first year. Right. Almost no freshmen are. So, I mean, if you want to see McCaffrey, you know, Michigan could hire someone that brings him back into the mold. That would be incredible. Connor Hayward. <laughs> Connor Hayward entered the transfer portal last year for Michigan State. And uh, after Mel Tucker was hired, uh, came back to Michigan State and is on the team now. I think Harbaugh is still going to go. I don't see them getting rid of him at the end of this year, even if we lose What if out. he moves on? I mean, that's possible, too. But it just seems like because there's the year left on the contract, there's still the year after COVID for the contract, or after the yep. beginning anyway. Mm-hmm. It seems like that that would be maybe more likely timing for a change. But I don't know. If we get embarrassed every game... And finish the season one and seven this year, then I would that you would have to think that a change will be likely if, if that happens. You know, his first five years were disappointing, like from fan expectations. Even me and I, I didn't necessarily think they would uh, be better than Ohio State, but I thought they'd be comparable and have a win or two against them. Yep. Um, but those five years were certainly better than the seven years that preceded him. Right. And uh, if you recall, his first four years with San Francisco were really good. Uh, two or three NFC Championship games. Three. Uh, and got them to the Super Bowl. But his last year, they went eight and eight. And it just, I mean, this is more dramatic than going 500, but it kind of feels like the same thing. Um, when he left Stanford, there were some in the athletic department that didn't like him. They were glad to see him go. Yeah. And, you know, it was a peeing contest between him and the GM. And, you know, ultimately, Harbaugh went and turned Michigan around right away. And the GM yeah. hired, like, Chip Kelly. And he hired uh, Jim. And that plumber guy. Yeah, Jim. He looked like a plumber. Jim Plum, Plum something. Uh, I don't think it's Tom Sula. Jim Tom Sula. Yeah, he looked like a plumber. And then, and then like Chip Kelly. Plumber. Yeah, but then and he then, brought in uh, Lynch as the GM, and yeah, the GM him. was gone though. Yeah, oh, not the owner. I'm talking about the GM. Of, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, because I'm talking about the owner. The GM and Harbaugh. Yeah, Jim Tom Sula and then Chip yeah. Kelly were both kind of like one and dones, I believe, because they were so bad. But it just seems like Harbaugh might not be a guy that can stick around anywhere, and it might not even be the athletic department's decision. I did want to say a little bit more about Campbell because in the last segment I didn't go right ahead. Um. I don't wish his offense was a bit more modern. It's definitely not like Les Miles' man ball from the 1980s, but he is an offensive line coach, so some of his innovation has more to do with blocking and stuff like that. So it's not like a sp- he has spread elements, but that's not like his specialty. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, Iowa consistently plays better than you would expect him to looking at the recruiting class. Um, he is from Ohio without being an Ohio State guy. 
That's mm. rare. Yeah. Well, not as rare as you might think, but it's definitely not the norm. Because I was looking up what his ties are. Mm-hmm. It's a Mount Union guy. And what's Mount Union? It's like the D3 Alabama. Okay. It's like what Grand Valley was here. Grand Valley State. You know how they dominated D2 until about five or ten years ago? So that's where he came up from. He also coached at Bowling Green as an assistant, and then he was the head coach of Toledo before Iowa State. So you would think he would recruit Ohio very well, which was one of the reasons I'm high on Luke Fickle, because he has that background. But one thing you can say about Harbaugh is he never really made inroads in Ohio, like Lloyd Carr did, like Gary Moeller did, like Bo did. Charles Woodson, Desmond Howard, they're from Ohio. Marcus Ray from Ohio. You can go on and on and on. Whenever Michigan's been good, they recruit Ohio well. Um, one guy who I've, I've really kind of wanted Michigan State to take a look at uh, when when they were looking for a coach was Stoops at Kentucky. For that reason exactly, he has taken the guys who just don't quite make the cut for Ohio State, and he's used those players to make Kentucky a player in the SEC. Mark Stoops and Luke Fickle. Mark Stoops. That's yep. Mark Stoops and Luke Fickle kind of hurt Michigan State because yeah. they started getting guys that D'Antonio used to get. And I, I do think that contributed to D'Antonio's last few years not being as successful. I, I would say uh, Mark Stoops, what's a nice way to say it? I'm not as high on him as Luke Fickle, but they're comparable. Okay. <clears throat> I know until recently you were definitely on the hardball train, uh, Chris. What, what do you make of potential replacements? Are there any ones that stick out to you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the three that we just mentioned, basically. Stoops, Fickle, and... Um, Campbell. Exactly, yeah. I'd the be good with any of those. And really, it wasn't until... <laughs> it really wasn't until this Saturday that I really... I mean, because Michigan State was horrific. Indiana was second embarrassing in a row. Then now it's like three in a row. Now it's like... It's not a flu. Right, exactly. This is who we are. Like the team we watched get trounced by Wisconsin at the big house, that's who we That's who we are. That's how good this team is. You know, I noticed something with Michigan. Um, the first game against uh, Minnesota, yeah, we know Minnesota's really bad, but they're not even running the same plays they did. Like forget about going against higher competition. The play calling's off, which is one of the reasons I'm like, it doesn't matter how much, unless Harbaugh's just calling all the plays. Like, if the play calling's so horrendous that even if Gaddis is calling 40, 50% of it, he still has a lot of waiting to take. Yeah. They're just doing the same stuff out of shotgun. They were on the one yard line, fourth and goal. And you see Ben Mason come in the game and they're in shotgun. Wisconsin calls a timeout because they know Milton's going to run the ball. They go back out there, they run the same play. Yeah. Just like Al Borges did against Ohio State when going that. for that two-point conversion in 2013. You need to adjust that because yeah. Dave Warner would do that crap all the time. 2016 against Michigan comes to mind when they had four chances from the one-yard line against Michigan, <laughs> and each time they tried L.J. Scott to the right. Didn't work on first down. He lost yeah. like half a yard. Didn't work on second down. Didn't work on third down. They go for it on fourth down. I'm like, okay, we're going for it. This has got to be something different, right? right. Like, it's got to be. But in my mind, I was like, I know exactly what's going to happen. They hand it off to LJ's guy. He goes to the right. He gets stuffed. And uh, it, it was just like Dave Warner would pull that all the time. And it's like they just called the timeout to, like, adjust to that. And you're just going to 
out of what pride, out of like spite, just gonna do it again? Like, yeah. update it. Like, do two something. different plays, third and eight, third and ten. They give it to Charbonnet off the tackle for the hell of it. He could run for six or seven yards. You still don't have a first down. Michigan fans have been wanting to see Milton run more, design runs, third and ten, and give it to him to run. Even if he gets six or seven yards, you're still fourth down. Right. Like, why? 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 I feel, that, I feel that way when I see, like, Connor Hayward does a lot of things really well as a football player, but running out of the I formation is not one of them. And they keep trying it. And that's why it's so frustrating seeing the running stats. It's like... The running backs were what I was most excited about before the season. I was thinking about Elijah Collins, Jordan Simmons, Brandon Wright, uh, Anthony Williams Jr., and then Connor Hayward, mostly for what he can do as a blocker and a pass catcher. Like, no matter who I, you throw out there, it just doesn't work. I don't think either of our teams are short on talent in the running back positions. No. No. Um, it's stubbornness. Just, Football coaches are some of the most stubborn yeah. people in the world. And I don't want it to seem like I'm giving Michigan State a pass because, like I said, the, the Iowa game, that will not do. The expectations are low, but you still need to meet them. It's, it's a first-year staff. Players are unfamiliar with the system for a litany of reasons you don't need to get into. But turnovers, they're just going to happen. I can live with that for this weird year. Like, honestly, I can live with the turnovers. Not when they're happening like how Lombardi did it after Shakur Brown just intercepted it in the end zone. Then you give the ball right back. Like, that's a backbreaker. Um, but... Nobody wins in football at any level when they cannot run the ball. It's not like they're choosing not to run the ball. They can't run the ball. And you will not win in 2021 if you don't make that a priority over the next four or five or six games, however many are left. That's my take on Michigan State. If you don't establish a running attack over the rest of this season, you will not win next season. And that's when it starts to count. Um, so somebody's got to step up for Michigan State. Um, As someone who wasn't completely sold on Mel Tucker. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I was uh I didn't think it was a bad hire or I uh, thought we could have done a lot worse. Right. Given, oh yeah definitely. given the situation. I'm definitely sold on him as a coordinator. Like if Michigan State hired him to be defensive coordinator, that's A plus. Oh yeah. Um with the weird It was a big swing, big risk. Um, <coughs> yeah. Getting Mel Tucker. Yeah. And um I don't really look at coaches stat salaries because these schools make so much money from their TV rights that, like, whenever someone brings out up Harbaugh's salary, it's like, whatever, I don't care. I care about wins or losses. Like, Yeah. What Mel Tucker was known for was recruiting and um, just kind of, like, getting players to punch above their weight. Um, I think it wasn't just his, his performance at Georgia and Alabama that got him the job. Honestly, like, Colorado going 5-7 and seven last year and then being pretty impressive through two weeks this year um, I think that's what got Mel Tucker the job at Michigan State, and the fact that Luke Fickle didn't want to come. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, if anybody tells you Fickle wasn't number one with a bullet, they're lying through their teeth. Which, which is one of the reasons I'd love to see him <laughs> come to Michigan. <laughs> I know what you mean. And I also just think Luke Fickle versus Ryan Day, like two of Ohio State's best assistants under Urban Meyer, the last, last couple of years Urban Meyer was there would be interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, um, I, actually, this would be a good time for me to talk about Luke Fickle a little bit. Sure. I, w- I was just going to say one last thing, like, um, kind of talking about, like, factoring the coaching decisions. You know, the last, like, three, four years of Mark D'Antonio at Michigan State, players were not getting better than when they came in. It did not happen. He built his program on taking these diamonds in the rough and turning them into studs. Uh, and then 
he would find some players that were pretty nice as like freshmen and sophomores, and they did not get better. That's why you saw a 2017 team go 10 and three with mostly freshmen and sophomores turn into back-to-back seven and six seasons. And honestly, that's how I look at Jim Harbaugh over the last three years. I just don't see a whole lot of players that came into Jim Harbaugh's system and got undoubtedly better. No, that's a really, that's exactly the right benchmark that you should have for a coach. That's why I hated the LRB years in, in, in Michigan basketball because we had <clears throat> Lavelle Blanchard came out of Pioneer when I was there. And you couldn't say that as a senior he was a better basketball player than he was as a freshman. And that's what made me realize that we needed to change. And it wasn't until we got Beeline, I think, where you saw players become much different and better players, even as a sophomore, as they were as a freshman. Exactly. Continue to learn a complex system. And then you had guys like Jordan Morgan, who has a fourth-year senior, were defensive was a defensive captain because he got better every single year in the final product. It, it doesn't matter what sport you're coaching, that has to be the benchmark. Like you said, you have to have players that come in and get better. Like, it's, it's, it's cool if you have somebody come in and light the world on fire as a sophomore like Lewerke did, or, you know, um, Rashawn Gary maybe was really good his first first two years at Michigan, but it was it's how you finish. But anyways, I'll, I'll let you continue. I had to, I had to get that... Oh, out of my head while it was rolling. <laughs> yeah, and um, with the the Antonio too, um, he wasn't recruiting well enough for the players, for him to afford the players not to get better. Right. I mean, and one of the reasons was Stoops and Luke Fickle were recruiting a lot of the guys that he used to take, and that's one of the reasons I want Luke Fickle to come, would want Luke Fickle to come to Michigan, is because he he could get some of the guys that Ohio State misses. And Michigan can recruit nationally with Fred Flintstone as head coach, as we saw with <laughs> Brady Hoke as the head coach. So I think that will handle itself a little bit. Those, what, those Ohio players that Ohio State didn't want, that's how D'Antonio made his program. Yeah. Sorry, not to interrupt again. And uh, Tommy Tuberville left Cincinnati in shambles, uh, that bad 2017 Michigan team. Uh, crushed them. Yeah, crushed them. Crushed Cincinnati. Luke Fickle, like his second or third game ever there. And now Cincinnati's in the top ten. And they play in a conference that's uh, probably the sixth best one. But I wouldn't say they have a natural uh, advantage over all the schools. I think Houston is in Texas. They get a lot of the players Texas doesn't want. Memphis is in a fertile recruiting uh, territory. They get a lot of the players that uh, the other SEC schools don't, don't want. Temple has a good recruiting base. They get a lot of the players that Penn State and Pitt don't want. Pennsylvania has a lot of talent. Lot of talent. Yeah, SMU has been good. They, Central Florida. Yeah, Central Florida. UCF, they were really good too. They get a lot of good Florida kids. SMU was, has been really good the last two years. They get a lot of Texas people. So it's not a rich rod situation where he's at West Virginia beating up on South Florida or UConn, you know. Um, so I, Luke Fickle does have um, a lot of competition at Cincinnati. Um, what does bother me is he not only loves Ohio State, he really loves it. Um, he apparently keeps a Buckeye, an uh, actual Buckeye, in his pocket. Gross. Apparently he didn't want the Cincinnati-Ohio State game to happen because he didn't want to have to go against Ohio State. He didn't want to beat them. Um, and he didn't. No, <laughs> and they got crushed. Uh <laughs> 
So, some personality issues. I also get a little bit of weird vibes from him a little bit. I was going to say, I, I don't think he would come to Michigan if I was going to be completely honest with you. Uh, I mean, it's a big pay grade. It Right. I think they would really have to open up the checkbook because he has that dislike and he has that love for Ohio State. Michigan's also recruited a lot of players that felt that way, that yeah. thought they would never come to Michigan, that their families begged them not to come to Michigan. That's and a good point. Lloyd Carr, Bo, uh, uh, Moeller, you know, e- even Rich Rod and Hoke actually even got some of those guys to come. So Michigan will start off recruiting a guy from Ohio that swears they'll never go to Michigan. Bo, you know, he was he didn't play for Ohio State like Luke Bickle did, but he was an assistant there, um, and they got him to come. So yeah. I I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know. Um, I like I said, I we have a Michigan has a centric coach right now. And Luke Fickle kind of gives me weird vibes, too. So that would be the only thing that might make me uh, not want to hire him. Like, yeah. Matt Campbell seems a little bit no- normal. And also about Luke Fickle, I believe he's 43. Matt Campbell's 41. Kind of feel like the game's past hardballs by. He's uh, 57, I believe, now. Uh, he was hired when he was 50, 51. Yeah. How, how old is Harbaugh? You're looking up. And to get a guy that's... Guys, fifty-six. Harbaugh's fifty-six. You know, to get guys that are a bit younger, 10, 15 years younger. Almost fifty-seven. He'll be fifty-seven <clears throat> next month. I was gonna say we got him on uh, Michigan down when he was like fifty or fifty-one. Yeah. Um, to get guys that are almost ten years younger than when we hired Harbaugh would it would be nice to get like some youth here. Um, I think we're reaching the end of this segment. <clears throat> Any like closing thoughts before we get to the next segment, which we'll just yeah, be looking we talked, at next week? Kind of felt like we talked about Michigan a bit more. If uh, just say talking about Michigan State, I kind of was like you, where I thought this was year zero for Mel Tucker. Yeah. Um, if he goes one and seven, that's a that's bit a of big a big disappointment. That's a bit of a failure. We were talking about him winning three or four games. At least I was. That, that yeah. Was, um, um, <clears throat> yeah. It's. It depends if they play against Maryland. It depends what Penn State does the rest of the year. Um, yeah, one and seven would be a huge disappointment. Big red flag going into the future. Rich Rod, because that's what it's nine. about. That's what it's, it's about the future. And I knew that coming in. That was going to be the case even before COVID uh, effed up the whole season. You you have the second half of the season to kind of turn things around. And exactly, like I said, empty the toy box. Show me what you got, because I want to be excited about something. Go for it on fourth down. Believe go it, for believe two. Believe it or not, at the end of 2016, I was excited about the future of Michigan State football because of the younger players I saw playing and what they brought. And the next season, they won ten games. I mean, didn't develop in anything after that, but. That's how I want to feel. Like, I feel like crap because of a record, but I see these things, and they get me excited, you know? Mm. Um, More on the other side? More on the other side. American folklore tells the story of Paul Bunyan, a lumberjack of enormous size and strength, who, along with his blue ox babe, carved the American countryside, creating many of its landscapes and natural wonders. The major logging state of Michigan has its own battle of men of enormous size and strength as the Michigan Wolverines and Michigan State Spartans square off in an annual showdown on the college football gridiron. They play for the Paul Bunyan Trophy, a fitting prize for this historic Big Ten showdown. Michigan at Rutgers, Michigan State at Maryland, hopefully. Uh, and then we'll also talk about some basketball recruiting news because we did have the national uh, signing day come and go for basketball. 
Uh, so we'll uh, start with Michigan at Mar- at Rutgers. Sorry, uh, Michigan at Rutgers this year. <coughs> Michigan is not the Rutgers. And, like, That's a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're worse. I, th- I think you're upsetting Chris when you say this. Rutgers, yeah. he might be right. Rutgers beat Michigan State. Right. Michigan didn't. Michigan State beat Michigan. Have you watched okay. Rutgers play? Like, they're not good. But, it's, like, I don't know. They're more fun. They, they seem to execute better. They, they, they're excited to play for Shiano. The thing that happens in football, it happens a lot. Well, it happens in the NFL as well, but it's like team A beats team B. B beats C. But C doesn't beat A. Yeah, right. And, right. and so we don't know. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. It wouldn't surprise me either way. A close game wouldn't surprise me either way. A stomping one way or the other wouldn't surprise me. I think that we go 2-2 two and two to finish out. I think we beat Rutgers in Maryland. I think we lose to Penn State and get crushed by Ohio State. That's what seems most likely in my crystal ball. But I could also see us losing out. I mean, that is a realistic possibility. I've been really down on Michigan since uh, they lost to Michigan State, and my predictions on here have been probably the harshest. And then they go out and they look even worse than I predict on Saturday. I remember, I think I said... That Wisconsin would beat Michigan like thirty-nine to fourteen or forty to fourteen. Yeah, they lost forty-nine to eleven, which I think you were the closest out yeah. of all of us. Uh, scoring eleven is sad. Like that. Right. What? Like that means? What kind of a football total is that? Yeah, that means, especially when the other team has forty-nine. I said they would lose a close one to Indiana. They got blown out. Uh, Indiana had more points than Michigan did rushing yards. So like, I don't know. I'm like now I'm starting to. Convince myself they're going to lose by double digits to Rutgers. The more keep, I think about it. Keep in mind, Michigan, <laughs> Michigan State had to turn the ball over seven times. That was Rutgers' first Rutgers. game, though. That was Rutgers' first game against Shiano. Right. But still, I don't think Michigan will turn the ball over seven times with, like, three of them being directly in the red zone, like, inside the 10 year. Rutgers started three drives inside Michigan State's 10-yard line. Yeah. Rutgers, that way. Rutgers also rushed for more yards against Indiana than Michigan did. Rutgers rushed for more yards against Michigan State than Michigan did. Uh, I'm just trying to, like, uh, I don't know, brighten Chris's, Chris's mood a little bit. <laughs> I just don't know what Michigan but, does well. I don't either. I, I feel like Rutgers does everything better than Michigan, just a little bit. And you're talking exactly how I talked about Michigan State last year. But sorry, thirty-seven to twenty-one, uh, Rutgers lost to Indiana. Michigan State or Michigan lost thirty-eight twenty-one. Michigan Rutgers lost forty-nine to twenty-seven to Ohio State. I just told you they Michigan's not scoring twenty-seven against Ohio State. Ohio State in the offseason said they wanted to score a hundred on Michigan. They're gonna do it. Wow. <laughs> Yikes. That would truly be an all-time low, but we're already there. I mean, this is already this is as bad of a season as I could imagine. Rutgers did lose to Illinois. I didn't. Did. I, I didn't know about that. That was that a game. close one. That was a close. And one. they did keep it close. I did, I, I I actually saw a part of the other. I three think games. Illinois had some angst to get out of their their system after being stomped by Wisconsin, then not playing for the next. Or maybe they did play the next week. I don't know. But basically, Illinois had some angst to to work out. Lovey Smith's growing the beer bag. It looks like That's a good. I'm looks, happy. looks like Rutgers uh, lost their lead. Uh, they were up ten nothing, and then even going into the fourth, they had a lead, and Illinois came back. So I don't know. Maybe I'm. What it, is your score prediction for Michigan Rutgers? Let me think about and it. And how many well, sacks? Does I'm going to say twenty-seven <laughs> to twenty. Michigan beats Rutgers. Twenty-seven twenty-one. Twenty-seven twenty-one. Okay. Yeah, they'll score three touchdowns. 
We'll score three touchdowns and two field goals. What do you think, uh, Joe? About Michigan Rutgers? Yeah. Mm. Who do you want to win? Who do I want to win? I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you guys. You will not. You will like me less after I say this, but there's never been a day in my life that I've <laughs> cheered for Michigan football. If you, were, like, if you were smart, you would. There was like maybe one day like when Michigan was at Ohio State, Michigan State was at Penn State, and if Michigan State won and Michigan won, Michigan State won the Big Ten title, but Michigan State won and Ohio State won, so Michigan State had to share it with Ohio State, who later like had their wins vacated anyways. But that's um, if you ask me who I want to win, I'm pretty much never gonna say Michigan. <laughs> um, like that's just me being honest. I cannot tell a lie uh, while we're on the mic. You know, it's like being under oath. Yeah, it is um, like that. I, I, I just, I, I still think Michigan is the program that's over Rutgers. Uh, I still think I, I, I was pretty excited uh, from a neutral standpoint by what I saw from Mac McNamara. I think maybe if he gets a rhythm going, and I know Mike said you said you're not giving up on Milton. Um, I, I could see it being an ugly D'Antonio-esque game. I could see it being like uh, 17-13 Michigan. Illinois. Actually, Michigan's <laughs> defense is pretty bad, and I don't know if Rutgers is any good. So I'm going to say uh, 31-20 Michigan. <laughs> I, uh, the Illinois game brought me back a little bit. I was starting to lean into Rutgers by... Double digits. I'm gonna say Rutgers 27, Michigan 26. I'm still. That will hurt. Does yeah. Michigan go for two at the end to try to win it rather than overtime? With these, just not get it. With these coaches, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they could uh, get. Th- they could score three touchdowns, go for two every time, uh, get get 24 points, and then uh, get a safety and get 26, but still somehow lose. Right. And it's, it's, <laughs> like, instead of talking, they about- scored 11 the last game. <laughs> For whatever reason, because Wisconsin had 49. If you're going to go for two, why do you kick the field goal? Like, that's no, there's no like. Those two don't match up, yeah. No, yeah. No. Like, as a bit. If you're going to kick the sad field goal, which one, was one, really one. sad, then you might as well just kick the extra point. If you're not going to kick the field goal, go for it on fourth down, because why the hell not? You're already down 28 nothing. Right. And then the, like, two point conversions actually make the, sense. The mindset might be just trying to avoid a shutout at the point that they kick the field goal. The other thing, too, is after Matt. Uh, Cade went down there and scored. Um, they kick a, uh, uh, they punt. Well, no, it was the kickoff. They got a really bad penalty. Yep. If they stopped Wisconsin there, yeah, they they ran into the punter. Yeah, they uh, yeah, that's what it was. Um, Anthony Wright on Twitter was making like the, the thing like even though Mich- Michigan's getting blown out, they kind of have a little bit of momentum after that. You go down there and you uh. You uh, score again, and you now have 19. It's actually a two-possession game somehow. Yeah. Because when it was 28 nothing, it kind of felt like 49 nothing already. Um, but, yeah, Michigan, you know, even, like, the thinnest of hopes was, like, shredded at that point. Yeah. I, I've been in that situation. Uh, Michigan State's at Rutgers, hopefully, no, on no, Saturday. Or at Maryland. Yeah. My goodness. I've always viewed Maryland and Rutgers as the same team. Yeah, they came in the same time. Like we they both, just, did, they both didn't belong. Football wise, both in New York market. I don't know. Neither of them has done enough to like separate themselves. Basketball, I don't know. I know Mar- like Michigan State has a little bit of a rivalry basketball with Maryland, um, but not not football. Um, maybe maybe when Kyle Flood was there. Yeah, um, Tua's Tua's little brother has been rolling ever since they they looked ugly against Northwestern. And I just want to take this time to talk about Tua Tungabailoa because he is the truth. 
and uh, <laughs> the Miami Dolphins were six and three after this time last year. People were talking about the Dolphins the way people are talking about the Jets now, but that's just my little like happiness that happened this weekend. The Dolphins won. Um, Tua's younger brother, uh, Talia Tungabailoa, he's been playing pretty well. Say that three times. Talia Tungabailoa. Um, <laughs> Tua's younger brother, Talia Tungabailoa. Um, <laughs> Maryland, they put up points, but they also allow a whole lot of points. They Their defense is pretty much a sieve. That's why you saw such a high-scoring game between them and Maryland. Um, well, them and uh, Minnesota. Man, my goodness. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Uh, I, I still think even though Maryland's defense is pretty bad, and I think Michigan State's defense uh, has shown some signs of being a pretty decent unit. Uh, like I said, at, at no level of football can you win without having a threat of a rushing game. And uh, I just don't know if Michigan State has the horses on the, or the hogs on the offensive line to establish that just yet. So I would have to say Maryland 28, Michigan State 20. That's probably my prediction. I, I would hope that we see some more quarterback play from people who are not Lombardi, but who knows? Uh, you said, uh, when you're one and three, everybody's job should be up for grabs, and I would hope the players would play like they could either win or lose a job on Saturday. What did you predict? Uh, I said 28-20. And that's for Michigan State? Maryland winning. Wow. We're like, more, more. I, I had 28-21. Maryland? Yep. Which which is closer than Penn State did. Yeah. So maybe maybe you uh win that uh rivalry game. The land grant trophy. It's gotta yeah. come back to East Lansing. Yeah, I just I, I don't have enough confidence in Michigan State's offense. Yeah. And uh Maryland can score. We're at this we're at the same level. But I think it's only a one possession game. You know. Not quite as close as Rutgers nail biter against Michigan. Yeah. But <laughs> Plus, Tua always shows out after his little brother has a good game at Maryland. So, at least I have that to look forward to. How much has Maryland been practicing? Apparently, they did not practice on Monday, and uh, so that's why the game is still up in the air. So, I do not, I don't and know. And they didn't practice last week. Yeah. So, I so mean, that's, that's an edge. That could be a rest factor, or that could be a rust factor. I don't know. Like, Michigan, yeah, it didn't work well for Michigan against Wisconsin. Who do you like more, Chris? Maryland or Michigan State? I say Maryland. I uh, know Michigan State wins 21-17. Wow, we all almost predicted the same amount of points for Michigan State. We both said yeah. 21. Like, here's the thing. Like, I'm almost a little happy that the Indiana game last Saturday ended the way it did. It was the same score at halftime as it was at the end of the game. Michigan State's defense showed a little bit of pride, and that's something that the team didn't show last year when they were getting their teeth kicked in by Ohio State and Wisconsin and Penn State and Michigan, and then choking away a lead to Illinois. Like, the defense showed a little bit of pride, a little bit of life, some fire. Uh, that's why I, I don't think Maryland's going to go out and hang 40 on Michigan State. I really hope that statement doesn't come back to haunt me. But <laughs> that's, that's why I would go with that. And I know for me, having a team that hadn't practiced for a while, coming out and just shellacking you, made the, like salt good. in the wound. So you're hoping that... Take advantage of the team being out of practice. Yeah. Well, let's know. let's talk about some good news because basketball signing day has come and gone. At least the first, the early signing period, and uh, we're both we both got some pretty exciting prospects to look forward to that signed this year. Did you watch the game between them? I, I watched the Imani of uh, the uh, Ipsy Prep uh, team sizzle game uh, that featured Chet Holmgren, who has Michigan in his top. Uh, 
five right now, I believe. Top five, five or six or something like um, that. Yeah. He's the number one player for the class of 2021 versus, of course, Amani Bates uh, for Ipsy Prep, the number one player of 2022. Jaden Aikens also on that team, uh, point guard signed to Michigan State to come in next season. Um, I really liked what I saw offensively from both Aikens and Bates. Uh, liked what I saw defensively from Aikens, not so much Bates. Um, but I mean, he'll 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 grow with that, and he he was stuck guarding Chet Holmgren a lot, who was just uh, he's, he's a, a he's, number, a, he's a seven one point guard. <laughs> like that's that's just... yeah yeah. I mean, he's the number one player in in the twenty twenty one class. Yeah, for a reason. And the only reason he wouldn't be is if Imani Bates reclassifies. Exactly. And now I kind of want him to reclassify and go to state, and I want if Chet Holmgren. Uh, just uh, commits to Michigan because he would be joining. Um, oh man, Musa Diabate. Thank you. You're welcome, Musa Diabate. I I still don't know if I said that correctly. Diabetes. <laughs> That's all I think of when I hear his name is. <laughs> same. Um, diabetes, diabetes, diabetes. <laughs> he's right on that high four star, low five star range, and then uh, he's not even the best player in the class right now. Michigan has the number one class. Um, I'm trying to bring up my notes that have the full class. Uh, so this is our I best class since Bad Five. I could yeah, probably yeah. Tell, like uh, so Caleb, no. Caleb Houston will probably well, be number, number eight. Will, will, be, will, will be number one for the class. Yep, he's number eight overall. He was a top five player. Um, right. He's it, the, it, if he was going to be in 2022, they have Frankie Collins at point guard. Yep. He is uh, number top fifty, top sixty. Yep. Right. So if you were to really go in the order, and they they don't track back when Weber was there, but he's the best one we've ever gotten. Yeah, yeah. But Houston's number two, Glenn Robinson third is the third. Mitch McGarry four. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then um, Diabati ends up being right around there. I'm glad well. I'm not the only one that has problems. <laughs> Did I say it wrong? No, no, no. No, no. Just might have. Just how hard wrong. it is to say. I, I think uh, they weren't as highly rated coming in, but you mentioned that class with. Uh, Robinson the third and McGarry, uh, like those two were really highly rated. But then it was the players like Stauskis, LeVert, and uh, Justin Bieber who really like made it. Uh, like was that his birth name? What was his name? I think I think Justin Bieber was number, his name. he was number two. Spike Albright. Spike Albright. Oh goodness, yeah. <laughs> uh, I did not like him, <laughs> especially when he was at Purdue. I liked him, but uh, I like the fact that uh, he goes to Michigan Purdue games now, and he has a hoodie of one school, oh. and then if. Uh, <laughs> If that team loses, he unzips <laughs> and he has the other. <laughs> He's a great follow on Twitter. He's hilarious. I bet. Uh, Col- Plus, he had the stones to holler at Kate Upton after the game, so I respect <laughs> that a lot. Uh, Cody uh, Buffkin. Kobe Buffkin. Yeah, him. he's like neck and neck with uh, Frankie Collins, where they're ranked. Um, but he's like a top 60, 70 player as well. Four star. Uh, and then you have uh, Isaiah Barnes. Uh, and Cody Buffkin is a shooting guard. Uh, Isaiah Barnes is a small forward. He's also a four-star. Okay, I see where they're ranked. Uh, Barnes is just outside the one uh, top 100. And then uh, Will Shatter, Shatter uh, is a three-star, but I really see a lot of upside to his game. And I was actually, like, debating, would I rather them get – I mean, the easy answer is, like, take Chet or take any high-ranking yeah. player. But since it's going to be – a good chance it's going to be seven players. You almost want another Will Shatter type, a guy who's okay if he doesn't get any playing time the first year, maybe even first two, 
and then can be a guy that stays four or five years. Bufkin and Cheddar out of that class are two that I, I probably like the most. Uh, for like, if I was building a program, I would want a, Buf a Kobe Bufkin and a Will Cheddar on my team. And the other thing too is, what if Franz comes back? Then you might want another guy who's okay being there for four or five years and right, sitting out. Right. You know, um, because you also have to think, how is this team gonna mold together? But I just like the idea. I didn't even think about it if. Imani Bates goes to Michigan State, and then you have uh, Shep Holmgren, who, by the way, his name sounds like he's an alum from the 50s. <laughs> uh, it, it, it would just, like, I don't know, like, you, you've heard Beeline say that Michigan and Michigan State has kind of become a North Carolina-Duke-type rivalry the last 10 years. It would really feel that way, yeah. getting the top two players in the class, right. the two loaded classes, because I kind of feel like, this year, Michigan and Michigan State are going to be good, but they might not be the class of the Big Ten. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see now that we're – I mean, this is going to be like a John Calipari season where it's going to be potentially a lot of one-and-dones. Yeah. And so that's why I go interesting. That's why I go back and forth. Do you want three one-and-dones, or would you rather have two one-and-dones and you mix in three or four other players? Right. How many championships do I get in both scenarios? <laughs> right. <laughs> And uh, one of the reasons that they can have a seven-person class is Michigan has lost so many players so many seasons the past three or four years. They just don't – they're not using all their scholarships because there's so much moving and shaking, you know. Yeah. And um, Michigan State, I really like the class that they have right now for 2021. They signed three players so far. Uh, I'm just going to list them kind of like you did. Max Christie uh, listed as the number one shooting guard, uh, according to 24-7 Sports. He's at 6'7", 170, a Chicago kid who had a Duke offer. Uh, so it warms my soul seeing a, a Chicago player, five-star, think Michigan State over Duke. Uh, that's like a little bit of reparation for Jabari Parker or like uh, some of the other players in the past. Uh, Pierre Brooks, he's rated as the number 16 player, uh, small forward. He's a four-star uh, at... 6'5", 180. I've heard him referred to as a power guard, and I love that. Um, I love me like a, a guard that can play either the two, three, or four and just like have some size and some scoring ability. And then maybe the one I'm most excited about is uh, who I already mentioned, Jaden Akins. He's listed as the number 12 point guard, uh, but Michigan is historically just a criminally underrated state when it comes to basketball talent evaluation. He's at 6'3", 160, so he's easily like the shortest, like, smallest kid in the bunch but that's something that can be fixed uh he is an athlete at the point guard spot and uh what i love about all these players is they got size they got scoring ability they each play can play multiple positions and uh they look like multi-year guys like maybe if max christie sets the world on fire he'll be one and done um but i, I see most of these players st sticking between two and four years and that that's what excites me the most about about i mean Ask any Michigan State fan who their favorite player is. Maybe some of them will say, like, Bridges or Jackson or Shannon Brown or Gary Harris, but most of us will say, like, a Draymond Green, a Denzel Valentine, Drew Neitzel, Cassius Winston, like, those four-year players. That's that's the bread and butter. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it was the summer of Izzo with all those guys. Summer um, of Izzo, yeah. yeah maybe. And, and that's that's not to mention, you know, Amani Bates, the, uh, the possibility of reclassifying Enoch Bowache, the number one center, uh, he, he's Canadian, so we won't like show up on most of the rankings. Um, but he has the possibility of re-signing. He's a mountain. Yeah, um, and we might have the autumn of uh, Howard. Yeah, especially if they get a uh, chat. 
Yeah. I, no, I, don't, no. I almost prefer, like, I would love for Bo, if Boache wants to come over a year early. Like, that's sweet. I would almost prefer that he doesn't reclassify because Michigan State has Mati Sissoko as a true freshman this year. And they seem like very uh, similar type of players. Like, if they're both on the roster, like, it'd be awesome because you'd have, like, some mountains down low. Who's the point guard for... Uh... It's Aikens? No, Jason he's shooting Aikens. guard. Or is he the... Who's the... Uh, Max, Max Christie's the shooting guard. Yeah. Harry Brooks is kind of like the small forward combo. And Frankie Collins and uh, uh, Max Christie. Yeah, I, 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 Frankie Collins, uh, the yeah. point guard for Michigan, and then the point guard for Michigan State. Uh, Jaden Aikens. Yeah, they could have a, 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 a Cassius... Uh, Xavier Simpson. Simpson type. Uh, right. Yeah. Could be the, the rebirth of that, which yeah. I loved. Because I, I really liked Xavier Simpson. He might be my favorite Michigan player ever. <laughs> He's kind of hard not to like. Yeah. Like when uh, when some rival fans were going after him for that traffic thing, <laughs> I was like, really? Like, of all the dudes you can go after, like, I don't know. And especially since it wasn't, like, super serious. Yeah. It wasn't like he had guns or, like, ran over someone or, you know, or drug bust that you see other college players, like, have. It was, like, kind of a nonviolent crime. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that, but like, he had a lot of heart. He was like a bulldog. I think the only the only like thing I ever said about that is like Michigan State has Cassius and Michigan has Crashes. <laughs> so that was the, that was the only dig I ever I ever put into that. So I'll leave it at that. It kind of <laughs> I liked it because it was so even too. And he embraced the Jeff Jackson thing after that too. Like when Trey Burke was at Michigan, those two years, and it felt like uh, Appling or uh, it was Appling versus. Uh, Burke and then yeah. Aaron Kraft was also in the Big Ten. Yeah. So those three had like a really solid rival. I felt like Burke was easily the best out of the three. Like, oh yeah. To me, like it wasn't like, you know, and the I'm sure there's point guards that the other two schools have had that definitely outshine whoever Michigan had at the time. But like Burke, with whereas with like Xavier and uh, Cassius, it was like neck and neck, and each yeah. one would have their winning streaks or the seasons they won was yeah, like. like Caitlin Lucas and Manny Harris were the same class, same position. I think Harris was more of a shooting guard, but he could kind of like do the combo. Uh, they were pretty even when they came in, but Lucas really separated himself his sophomore and junior year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it'd be cool to have to keep that going. Yeah. Has there ever been a time in the history of Michigan and Michigan State that the football teams were so bad and the basketball <laughs> teams were so good? You could say, I mean, we're both basketball schools right now. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll always die on the hill that Michigan State's a basketball school. What's um, uh, my Twitter name? <laughs> yeah, Mike's Twitter handle uh, is fan of a basketball school. Not- <laughs> wow. <laughs> Can you believe it, though? I mean, it really is. We're both terrible yeah. football, and we're both about to go into one of the most exciting years we've had as a program, and you can say the same thing for State with the guys that are coming in. I, I would say – from 2012 to 2014, Michigan was clearly a basketball school then yeah. too. Michigan and Michigan yeah. State weren't terrible in football in 2012, but like Michigan was eight and five, Michigan State was seven and six. Neither was particularly exciting to watch. Right. And then that that same academic school year, you know, Michigan State uh, had one of the more underrated seasons of Tom Izzo. Um, had a really solid team that ended up being a three seed. Michigan obviously made the run to the championship game yep. as a four seed. Um, like, kind of backed into doesn't... a four seed. They look like they were either going to be a one seed or a two seed most of the season. Yeah. They went on that losing streak. And I, I do think that's one of Tom Izzo's better Michigan State teams that didn't get to, like, the Elite Eight or Final Four, so it doesn't get, like, the recognition they deserved. But um, that team was really solid. Like, that 
it's rare in college basketball to not really like lose any games you're supposed to win. And that team in 2013 really didn't lose any games that they weren't supposed to. Um, so that they were a special team to me. Both of those brackets were tough. Uh, Michigan had to go through Kansas and uh, Florida. Florida. And then uh, Michigan, Michigan State, State ran yeah. into Duke, who then ran into Louisville. Right. Michigan State had Memphis in the second round and then Duke, uh, which was tough. But um, yeah, so it's it's a really exciting time, and even like, even like the the young players that have come that will be freshmen this year for both teams are really exciting for both programs. Um, it's just yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's easy to uh, take your uh, eyes off of the horrible football team when you have the, that kind of news with the uh, the basketball team, and then uh, also Michigan has an incredible maybe. Don't want to get my hopes up too much after one weekend, but all-time uh, hockey team. Uh, I I don't follow hockey, college hockey, as much as college football and basketball, but I've always been a hockey fan. Uh, I grew up in the 90s where the Red Wings and Michigan hockey were out there winning championships. Uh, each of them two championships in the 90s. Yeah. So I definitely always liked uh, <clears throat> hockey, and I will actually give a free plug. If you want to hear someone break down hockey really well, there's a podcast similar to ours called the House Divided Podcast with a Michigan-Michigan State fan. They're hockey nuts. But uh, I do know that Michigan has a lot of NHL players. I do know they came into the season ranked 12th. They uh, squared off against number 15, Arizona State, and they swept them this weekend. Uh, 8-1, to one, I believe, and then 3 nothing. I believe the scores were. Uh, but either way, they blew them out in both games. Chris, I know you play recreational hockey, right? Yeah. Have you been following the hockey team? Up until the point where I had a back injury, I've been playing hockey. Now, <laughs> and now I might be done for good. But, no, um, my brother uh, gets, like, tickets um, in the box for hockey. So I've seen nice. uh, some – I actually saw Michigan, Michigan State uh, this past year. And, um, like you, I remember the teams well in the 90s that they went all the way. So I enjoy Michigan hockey a lot. I'm a big fan, um, but uh, wondering, you know, if we'll be able to go out this year, obviously, or, or not, and what kind of effect we'll have. But yeah. Michigan hockey is always great. I went to Joe Lewis one time and saw the, uh, you know, the tournament where they have Lake Superior State, Minnesota, Michigan State. Great Lakes Invitational. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Got to go to that before as well. So, yeah, definitely enjoy the, the college hockey, big-time Michigan fan. And it seems like maybe we'll be a – a team now that's you know gonna make a run in the Frozen Four and that'll be exciting. I was so happy when they hired Mel Pearson as their coach. Like I love Red Barrison. He just kind of had a Bobby Bowden like the last few years. You're like you're all timer, but he wasn't even like going yeah. to recruits. Yeah. Um. But uh, when I met my wife, she's a huge sports fan. But when I met her, she was really into hockey because she went to Red Wings games. And then she used to date a British guy, so she was also in the Premier League soccer. Of course. But uh, so one of our first dates, I took her to Yoast, and we watched them beat a Notre Dame team, and it was great. I I think uh, that same year we saw Chelios was playing for Michigan State, his uh, son. Yep. And we saw, and I think that was one of the last few years that Michigan State was good at hockey. They've only had a couple good years in the last 10 years, I would say. Michigan State has a weird hockey program because uh, historically they're so really good, really good. But it was almost like uh, Rick Rick Conley was the coach in two thousand seven, and he was kind of like on the hot seat, like going to get fired. 
but then they just out of nowhere win the national championship and the national championship's great but it kind of set them back a little bit uh dan cole's the coach now i really like him um if you Google Michigan State hockey coach, uh, the first thing that pops up is Tom Izzo, which is funny. <laughs> 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 Who uh, Tom Izzo tested positive for COVID, so I just want to offer my uh, best wishes, prayers, and support. So much information, so much news has come out in the last week or two I know. about college sports in our teams that that I kind of forgot about it. Yeah, um, but anyways, hopefully better days to come for both for all of us, and you know, basketball season, uh, God willing. COVID willing, whatever. Really, really we'll be here soon. How how is Michigan State hockey? How do they look this year? I can't really answer that. I'm sorry. <laughs> For, again, free plug. House divided podcast. Yeah. I I'm obviously we want you to listen to us, but they they do hockey a lot yeah. better than us. So yeah, yeah, I, I will openly admit admit that. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, from. Chris and Mike, uh, Sad Wolverines, and me, Sad Spartan, Joe. Uh, thank you guys for listening to I mean, the Paul Bunyan Podcast. I want the football team to lose. I want a new coach <laughs> next year. So, And uh, go Dolphins. Fine, sexy men who rock beards. Look at that. Do you want a little pop culture mixed in with your sports? Are you a fan of the Michigan Wolverines, Michigan State Spartans, the local Detroit teams, comic books, movies, or just sports in general? Then check out the Beards for Radio podcast. We're talking Marvel, DC, college hoops, horror movies, the NFL, the Avengers, The Walking Dead, the NBA, and we're doing it with Beards for Radio. Find us on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else podcasts are available. We're going to make fun of you until you shave the beard. That's the rules. That's the whole point. You're supposed to be tempted into shaving. Your face looks like Robin Williams' knuckles. <laughs>